0: Alright, it's good to see you today. Welcome to our Journey Through Scripture, our Thursday edition. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. And uh, we are continuing our uh, journey through the Bible in a chronological order. Uh, we are just finished the book of Hosea on Tuesday, and so today we're going to be looking, uh, starting in Isaiah. So Isaiah chapters 1 through 6, um, and then it, it also, uh, just so you kind of know where we are, it's in 2 Kings. So the first little part of 2 Kings chapter 15 um, talks about the kings that are involved in Isaiah's day. So, so it kind of starts there uh, in Second Kings chapter fifteen. You can read about the first eight verses. Um, it says in the twenty seventh year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Azariah the son of Amaziah, king of Judah, became king. Um, he was sixteen year old sixteen years old. He reigned fifty two years. Um, it says. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, um, except that the high places were not removed. The people still sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places. Then the Lord struck the king so that he was a leper until the day of his death. So he dwelt in an isolated house, and Jotham, the king's son, was over the royal house. Um, So, This is kind of starts to be the turning point for Judah. We've been talking a lot about the Northern Kingdom, about Israel. Hosea was, you know, geared towards uh, talking about the Northern Kingdom. Isaiah is going to be more focused on the Southern kingdom, um, and, and talking to the, about the fall of Judah. And really the main reason for the fall of Judah is the people turn their back on God. They, they started worshiping, uh, other gods, not relying on him. Uh, Isaiah, especially, and we'll talk about this a little bit. There's kind of different sections of Isaiah, but the first 35 chapters are kind of talking about the, uh, rise of the Assyrian empire, uh, um, and the impact that it is having on uh, Judah. Um, and, and so it, it's kind of leading up to the fall of Judah. Um, and and then we'll talk, there's some other um, focuses that happen later in Isaiah. But uh, the first part of Isaiah is, is all focused on Judah and uh, the, the leading up to what eventually will uh, bring about their downfall downfall. So Isaiah is trying to warn the people uh of what is coming. Interestingly, he's making this warning when the king is a decent king, but he he's allowing uh kind of this slipping away from God and we've seen this with other kings as well. But he he wasn't an evil king and scripture doesn't have a problem uh, telling us when there is a king that is evil. Uh, so the king is not evil, but he is, is also not holding the people to account uh, with God either. And it's, it's opening the door for this slope that the people are now on a downward trajectory. Um, as, as we read this, I don't know. For me, <laughs> I, I hear a lot of things that ring true to what society is, is is that we are going through today. Um and and again we are not the new Israel or not the new people of God anything like that but we are a society that has traditionally been based on a Judeo-Christian worldview, and we are moving away from that. And that's kind of what's happening here, uh, is they, they were people that were established on a, uh, a worldview that came from God and came from uh, the, the Holy Scripture, and now they are moving away from that. Um, so I want to start, actually, with Isaiah chapter 6. So we're going to read... Uh, chapters 1 through 6 but starting in Isaiah chapter 6 this is a very familiar passage in Isaiah it's the calling of Isaiah um it says in that year king Uzziah died i saw the lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up the train of his robe filled the temple above it stood the seraphim each one had six wings two covered his face two his feet uh and with two he flew and and uh, and one cried to the other and said holy 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 is the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory. All right, so this that sets the scene of of Isaiah's vision where he is experiencing the majesty of God, the holiness of God. Um that uh, and and God fills the whole temple Right, so it's just a an, an overwhelming scene that Isaiah uh, is experiencing, um, and then these weird creatures, right? These six-winged creatures, uh, you know, are, are flying around, and they are they are proclaiming um, uh, worship uh, to God and to God alone. And then it says, and then the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of Him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Right, so it's it's you. You can imagine put yourself in Isaiah's position what he must be be feeling his his blood pressure would be elevated he would he would be getting very concerned about what is happening says so I said woe is me for I am undone I, I love that that I'm undone uh, he's like I can't I can't handle this anymore the the holiness whenever we are whenever we get a glimpse of the true and full holiness of God this is going to be our reaction. Woe is me. It doesn't matter how good you've tried to be, how good you've been in comparison to the holiness of God. We fall so short. And our only response is woe is me. And he says, because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And right, so he says, I've recognized how, Uh, unholy I am, Um, I am unclean, I have made mistakes, I have sinned against God, and I live among a people who have (laughs) sinned against God. Isaiah is kind of like I have no chance. I'm throwing myself at the mercy of the court. <laughs> and and uh, and then it says then one of the seraphim flew to me having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth with it and he said behold this has touched your lips your iniqu- uh, iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Right? So so God in his mercy uh does not diminish his holiness. But extends his mercy uh, and uh, offers forgiveness, offers to uh, uh, to to clean Isaiah. Right, he says specifically. Isaiah said, "I am a man of unclean lips," and so God reaches out and He purges the sin and the iniquity away from Isaiah's lips. Right, that He He gives uh, forgiveness and He offers us um, a right relationship with Him, where where now we can be in His holy presence. And uh, and and then the scene shifts. So now Isaiah has been uh, has recognized his weakness, recognized how far away from God uh, he is. um, That that he is nowhere close to the holiness of God. So he recognizes that. And then he receives that forgiveness, he re- his, his iniquity is taken away, and then the next thing we hear is, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, this is Isaiah, say, responding to God, saying, whom shall I send? So in response to experiencing the holiness of God, recognizing how uh, uh how broken that, that he was and then receiving the mercy, uh, from God of forgiveness, uh, and, and cleansing. Isaiah responds by saying, here I am, send me. And, and God said, go and tell this people. All right. So, so God is giving Isaiah a specific message and, uh, it, it's so important. A lot of times we kind of stop right there. Uh, we stop at, uh, then I said, here I am, send me, because that's a great, that's it, it, just a great encouraging motivational, uh, story of faith, you know, that, uh, hey, listen to God, the one who is holy, who has called you and called you for a purpose. Um, that's a, that's a beautiful picture. Um, and, and, and hopefully we are all like isaiah that we are humbled that we are repentant that we receive repentance and then we we desire to be sent by god most of us probably don't expect um, to be called to do what isaiah is now called to do so listen to what god calls isaiah to do says keep on hearing but do not understand keep on seeing or he says go and tell the people to keep on hearing But do not understand, keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and the ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant. The houses are without a man. The land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away and forsaken places that are many uh, in the midst of the land. But yet a tenth will be in it and will return and be for consuming as a terabith tree or as an oak whose stump remains when it is cut down. So the holy seed shall be its stump. So the message that God is giving Isaiah is that I need you to go and tell the people about what is coming, but you know what? They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to change. They have already made up their minds. Their eyes are closed. Their ears are, are plugged. They are not going to pay attention. They're not going to hear your message, but give it anyway. And Isaiah says, oh, well, how long is that going to be? I mean, like Isaiah is grasping for some hope. And then the Lord says, it's going to get bad. The cities are going to be laid to waste, but yet there will be a remnant. There will be those uh, who who are that stump, um, who new growth can spring forth from. Uh, but the, the old has become too corrupt. The old has become unholy to the point that it is going to be purged. Um, this is a tough message that Isaiah has, and one that, frankly, is not going to go over well. Um, and people don't want to hear that. People don't want to hear how bad things are. We all kind of know, yeah, things are bad. Yeah, there's always bad stuff that happens. Um, but there are different uh, levels. And the people of Judah are approaching that level, um, that they have turned their back on God, and now there are consequences to be paid. So then as we go through uh, b- chapters 1 through 5, we ca- it kind of lays out um, the um the case that god has against the uh, people of judah um it, it talks about the wickedness of of judah uh, verse 3 of chapter 1 it says uh, or uh, in verse 2 hear o heaven and give ear o earth for the lord has spoken i have nourished and brought up children and they have rebelled against me the ox knows its owner the donkey its master's crib but israel does not know my people and my people do not consider Right. So it says the ox uh, and the donkey, they understand and listen to their master. But the people have rebelled against me. Um It says, uh, verse five, why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faints from the sole of the foot. Even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises are putrefying sores. They have not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. They they haven't asked for forgiveness or repentance in so long. So now those those things have just festered and grown and just decayed and corrupted the entire body. Um, uh, Verse nine, it says, Uh, Unless the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been made like Gomorrah. So Isaiah is giving a little bit of the hope that, hey, there's going to be a small part of you. You're not quite as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah who were completely destroyed, uh, but it's going to be pretty bad. Uh, A very small remnant will be will be left. Um uh twelve and thirteen I thought it was interesting, says, Bring no more futile sacrifices, incense is an abomination to me, the new moon, Sabbath and the call of assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. So he's saying, you know, all those religious rituals that you're still doing, they're meaningless because of the way that you're living, the sinfulness that you are embracing. It's not about the ritual. It's not about coming and offering sacrifices. It's about living your life in response to God. Uh, Verse 16, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. So these are all things that are not being done. Right. And, and so God is, is trying to call them back to himself. Um, he says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow, though they are like red, like crimson. They it shall be as wool. Uh, if you are willing, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken right so there's always this opportunity for the people to repent and to turn back but god knows that they are not um uh, continues on it talks about the city and and uh, jerusalem that even it has become degenerate uh chapter uh, chapter 2 talks about the future house of god uh there at the beginning talks about the day of the lord when judgment will come uh so it's it's kind of a a look to the future that things eventually will be made right Uh, verse three to the house of the God of Jacob, he will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. Um, you know, that, that, and it says he shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords with plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall rise, shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Right? So that's obviously a much distant future picture that Isaiah is presenting there. Um, talks about the day of the Lord in verse 20. Uh, in that day, a man will cast away his idols of silver, his idols of gold, uh, which they made each for himself to worship to the moles and the bats, which are just hideous animals and creatures that are ridiculous to, to worship. But yet, by worshiping other gods, it's the same as worshiping moles or bats. It says to go to the clefts of the rock, into the crags of the rugged rocks, and from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty, when he arises to shake the earth mightily. Again, this is what is to come. Um, uh, chapter 3 talks about judgment on Judah and Jerusalem. Um, getting about halfway through, it talks about the, the uh, luxury um, that the people are just, they, they've, they, they don't recognize and they're not thankful and they don't have gratitude. Um, uh, verse 16, the Lord says, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with outstretched necks and wanton eyes walking and mincing as they go, making a, making a jingling with their feet. Therefore, the Lord will strike with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will uncover their secret parts. parts. Verse 24, and so it shall be, instead of sweet smell, there will be a stench, instead of a sash, a rope, instead of well-set hair, baldness. Eh, well, I guess I'm there. Uh, instead of a rich robe, a girding of sack, sackcloth and branding instead of beauty. Your men shall fall by the sword and your mighty in the war. Um, so, again, just where things are, are going. Um, it says, uh, then you have, it does talk about that there will be a day uh, when things will be renewed in chapter 4. In that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, um, right? That it, it will uh, come back. Um, then chapter five talks about a a vineyard that God took care of the vineyard. Um, but now, uh, uh, but, but now he is no longer going to care for it. Uh, verse four, it says, why then, uh, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes, right? So God had cultivated it and done everything that it needed to uh, bear good fruit, but it chose to bear bad fruit. Um, it says, did I not bring, uh, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now please let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge. It shall be burned and break down its walls and it shall be trampled down. I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or dug, dug, and there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they ran, that they rain, no rain on it. All right. So God's protection was there, but now it is being removed, um, they in continuing verse or chapter five. Therefore, my people have gone into captivity, verse 13, because they have no knowledge. Their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Um, and, and then it continues on. It starts saying, woe, woe to those who draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin with a cart rope. Um, it says, woe to those. This is verse 20. It's very important verse. Woe to those who call evil, good and good, evil who put darkness for light, light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe to mighty men at drinking wine. Woe to men valiant for mixing intoxicating drink, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice from the righteous man. I don't know about you, but I read those words, and I, I do think of our society. Uh, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And guess what? We're at a point now where um, people within the church will actually be arguing about the same thing, and some will say it's good, and some will say it's evil. We are in a very divisive time, and it's a dangerous time um, because many of these things are true, and that starts to impact society um and Isaiah is trying to share that with the people when they so that they will turn from their wicked ways right and that they will begin calling what is evil evil and good good and we need to make sure that we are doing that and even though it's uncomfortable to hear and to uh, to, to hear the the places that we have are falling short as a society um, it's, it's vital that we do understand that. Um, and, uh, I encourage you as you read through here, just see how that applies to today. Uh, see how that, you know, it's not a direct correlation. We are not the new kingdom of Judah. Um, but it, it, it certainly shows, it shows what God, uh, um, is opposed to in a society, right? And so if, if we are starting to, to, to live in ways that mimic the, the ways of Judah and the ways of Israel back then. Well, we need to start turning from those ways and turning back to God. And uh, whenever I read things like, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, I am certainly reminded of, <laughs> of many of the conversations that we are having today. So I hope that, uh, you have a, a wonderful weekend. Um we are going to uh, pick up uh in 2nd Chronicles chapter 26, 2nd Kings 15 and 16, and then we'll do Isaiah 7 through 10 at least. So Isaiah 7 through 10, 2nd Kings 15 and 16, um and uh 2nd Chronicles uh 26. Uh we'll have those ready for us on Tuesday. Hope you have a great weekend.